Marla, and you're listening to Royal Tea. This week on the show, we talk about Philip's funeral, and in celebration of Queen Elizabeth's birthday, we tell you about some fun facts you might not have known about Queen Lizzie. Also, I try to speak Welsh very badly. I don't know, it's hard, isn't it? It's like completely different. Yes, Scott. Yes, it is. Welsh is a very difficult language. Joanne Anderson is back as a guest to talk about her favorite people. Welcome, Joanne. Hey, Ryla. Thanks so much for inviting me back. So, did you have a princess or peasant moment this week? I actually had a princess moment this week because I got my first branding deck back um, for my company, The Light Network, and it looks fantastic. And I'm so excited to show everyone. And yeah, it just feels really official and like it's all coming together now and it looks so professional. It's, it's crazy. It's really happening. Exciting. It's so cool too. Cause you sent me these, um, mock-ups or, or whatever they are and they're like very royal colors and they <laughs> sort of look like the official crest that all of the royals have. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. It's like my very own coat of arms, I guess now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if listeners haven't noticed yet, I'm having a bit of a peasant moment because I am congested AF and, um, I'm not sure if it's allergies or a small cold, but the thing about being congested in these times is that people think you're going to kill them. (laughs) They think you have COVID. That's a problem. That is definitely a problem. It is. It's, um, the amount of anxiety you start to feel when you're like, oh man, people are definitely going to think I'm dying and that I'm going to pass something to them. Anyway, so I guess that's my peasant moment. <laughs> Though I'm sure people will avoid me and that'll make me like royalty. <laughs> so, Yes, you need a, an official royal handler to take care of you and bring you copious amounts of tea. We'll train Bowie up. But I thought the funeral was so lovely and such a nice tribute. And I was impressed they could do as much as they did, given COVID and all the restrictions. Same. I was really curious as to how it was all going to play out and how they were going to balance the fact that, you know, so many people have lost friends and family throughout this crisis we've all been living through and haven't really had a chance to grieve so how to balance you know the pomp and majesty of of, you know a royal ceremonial service um, but still respect COVID and all of the guidelines and I think they did a really great job and in a way I think it sort of acted as an opportunity for people to also grieve for anyone that they lost as well. Absolutely. I think the photograph of the queen grieving by herself in the church hit so many people so hard um, because that's been the experience for so many. Yes, I agree. It was heartbreaking to see her there all by herself. I don't know if it was the black outfit or just like her sadness, but it's the first time I've looked at her and thought she looks so small. Yes and delicate like there was such a fragility to her which even though she is 95 I I just never saw in her before yeah you never think of her as being you know old and 
and delicate. She's always so strong and reserved and together and, you know. In bright outfits. <laughs> in very bright neon colors. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know it's not a fashion moment, but I do need to say Kate Middleton looked phenomenal. Like if ever there was a peak dress code to live up to for a funeral, she hit it. Oh yeah. She set the mark. I mean, she looked fantastic. The hat with a little bit of the veil and her choker, which was the nod to the queen. I thought that was very respectful. I loved the Catherine Walker coat. Again, you're right. This is not about fashion at all, but she looked incredible. I want to call it a truck. That's the Canadian me. (laughs) It was a custom Land Rover Defender that he right. spent 16 years uh, designing with Land Rover to make it into a hearse. Right. There. Joanne's classing it up while I just called it a truck. <laughs> um, I am like, I was impressed that that actually did happen. And I loved that he had the Bugles play that um, tune that essentially was like, hey, carry on. That's what yeah. it signaled. And that felt so in line with Philip as a person that I loved that the funeral ended that way. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was so incredibly well executed. All of the little touches were spot on um, to represent him. I mean, even having all of his medals and his sword and everything you know, behind the altar there, sewn onto those pillows so that you could see everything that he's achieved, which is crazy to see that those many or that many medals, um, you know, he's, he's had quite the life. And also he was a couple months short of a hundred years old, which I insane. That just is so cool to me. Like, I hope I get to live to a hundred. Yeah. Think of all of the things that he saw in basically a hundred years on this planet. Wild. There was a lot of talk about Harry arriving. I'm so happy that the media kind of left it alone. Me too. This was not the time or the place to dissect every conversation and body language expert to, you know, chime in. And I'm really pleased that they left that alone. Yeah, it was a time for the family to mourn. I felt like the media was really respectful of that, which... I don't know why I'm so shocked by, (laughs) Um, but I just thought, great. He went home. It was hard enough as it was probably for him to make the journey back to see his family, to grieve that loss. And I was just really happy that people kind of let them be. Agreed. I mean, there was a little bit, a little bit of coverage about the fact that, you know, he wasn't exactly welcome back in open arms from everyone but I mean that's to be expected I think that's true of any family when there's issues or tension you know there's always somebody who's you know not willing to come to the table and play nice so you know par for the course really but I I am glad that it wasn't willing to play nice uh Sophie and Anne apparently did not even acknowledge him I don't know why that doesn't surprise me about Anne It doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, for the amount of work and effort that she puts in year after year um, in name of public service, 
she doesn't suck for fools lightly. And I don't think the whole, you know, woe is me and we've moved and my life is really difficult. We've held a lot of water with her. Right. Um, yeah, I, I can't stop thinking about how difficult that must have been for Harry and for, and to have to do it alone. It's yeah. not even like your backup was there with you. Like he really had to walk into the lion's den alone. Yeah. And I felt like he held himself with such grace. He is a fair skinned man. So any discomfort would have been right on the surface <laughs> and you just didn't catch any of that. And I was just very impressed by it. I was too, because I would be bricking it, as the British say, if I had been Harry having to walk into that situation. Oh, explain, knowing... please. What's bricking? Oh, um, it's a polite way of, um, you know, pooping your pants, basically. Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> the British are so much more polite than... <laughs> Anything on this show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they are. They have a really great uh, hold over the language and and use of it. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I I would be bricking it massively if I had been Harry having to walk in to that situation with my family, let alone knowing that the entire world's media was just hoping to get some little tidbit of of news on how it went. Absolutely. Well, um, moving from a very somber subject to something a little lighter, it's the queen's birthday. Uh, she celebrated it on April 21st. So that's her real birthday, despite the fact that her official birthday, the Trooping of the Colors is in June. Um, it was pretty low key. They, there were no cannons. There was no official photograph, um, so because she didn't really celebrate, celebrate, I kind of wanted to still, still celebrate her in our own way by going over some cool facts that maybe people don't know about the queen. Um, and we can also hypothesize about how maybe she did celebrate it. Yeah, I'm up here for it. I mean, yeah. she likes to celebrate. We know this about her. She's a woman after my own heart. Exactly. Um, Harry did stick around for an extra 24 hours and we know that they did meet for tea. So I'm going to imagine that they a hundred percent celebrated, even though there was a lot surrounding them. Yeah. Yeah. I think they left it alone. They had some cake and champagne and, um, in my head, they celebrated before he went home. (laughs) I mean, I think that, you know, they had a nice afternoon together. That's in my head what happened. Like you said, cake, champagne. He probably brought her some sort of little gift, maybe a card from Archie, you know. Right. And, um, you know, they they had a nice little grandmother, grandson afternoon. I also hope that I know they like to give joke gifts at Christmas because they have everything. So I secretly hope that Harry brought her a joke gift from California. You know, I hope that that happens at all celebrations. I hope so too. I Um, think that would be pretty amazing. So the cake of choice for the queen is a chocolate biscuit cake. Yum. Which it actually does look 
delicious. Oh yeah. It looks pretty fantastic. And I like that it's not something like over the top and, you know, bougie. It's just a chocolate biscuit cake. Right. But also it does kind of look layery when you look up the pictures. Oh, well, yes. Layers and layers of heavenly goodness. Yes. So much sugar. <laughs> it makes me so happy. Me too. Um, and so in addition to the cake, like you said, we know the queen likes to celebrate. She likes champagne. She, she loves champagne. Yes. And she likes gin. Yes. Both um, of which she has every day. Girl after my own heart. <laughs> that's wild to me. We were talking about this earlier where she has champagne, gin, and you said she has one other thing too, right? She has wine. Yeah. Yeah. She has um, a gin and debane, which is a spirit that uh, apparently she likes to have just before lunch. I mean, it's five o'clock somewhere, right? Yeah. I like it. Uh, she always has wine with, uh, dinner. And then after dinner, she likes a glass of champagne and it is rumored that before she goes to bed, she has a glass of champagne as well. So in California, that's an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in England, that's a Tuesday. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm also curious. Do you think she ever drinks red wine? Oh, that's a good question. I like to think that she would. Yes. You know, I, I picture them like in Scotland, you know, maybe they've got like a delicious roast beef dinner, something like that, you know, around the fireplace, a lot of tart and yeah. lovely glass of Pinot Noir or something. I'm just thinking some people, she seems like she doesn't eat garlic because, you know, she's got a great people. Right. They don't eat shellfish for security reasons. Yeah. But see, red wine might pose a similar problem where you get that like red wine mouth. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's not a good look at a state dinner. No. So I'm, I wonder if she just takes it off the table. Maybe. Also, red wine with the amount of, you know, couture that is being worn mm. probably isn't a great idea either. That's risky business right there very risky. I mean, you don't want that poured all over your, you know, sash or your $50,000 gown, you know, that, that could be an issue. Yeah. I also wonder like, what's a, a celebration to the queen? Like, does she ever have a girl's night in? Like, does Angela Kelly come over her dresser and they have like champagne and cupcakes? Do we see this for her? I totally see this for her. <laughs> And like, maybe she lets her friends try on the tiaras, you know, like have a, have a bit of a giggle and have some gin and debane and maybe, you know, hang out in her closet and look at all of her, you know, lawn or handbags, maybe. Can you imagine they just have a few too many like champagne and they go down and play with the crown jewels. Like that is an epic girls night. Yeah. I mean, I love this idea. Yeah. (laughs) I think it happens. Okay, so you also mentioned another fun fact, just briefly, about her handbag. So she has the exact same handbag in 200 colors. Yes, so Lawner is, they have a, um, a royal warrant, 
And that is the brand of handbag that she has carried for ever, um, which she also uses to signal her staff, which is very interesting. So she'll move it from her right hand to her left hand if she needs one of her ladies in waiting to like move someone along. Um, apparently if she's at a dinner and she puts, well, a dinner or she's sitting in a meeting, if she puts her handbag on the floor, that means that they're supposed to immediately get her out of the room. Like she's done, she wants out meeting over. Um, so yes, the handbags are important because they signal all of these things that need to happen to her team. But yes, she has 200 in all colors under the rainbow to match all of her outfits, which is incredible. Could you imagine? Right. Like that takes, you know, oftentimes you'll find like a sweater or a t-shirt and you're like, I really like this. I'm going to get it in a couple colors, but like 200 is a whole new level. That is a queen level. That's queen level. Like you'd need a room to just house the handbags. She must have a floor of the house. That's just like jewels, handbags, shoes, neon outfits. I feel like it puts the Vogue closet to shame, you know? It must. It must. It has to. Just in sheer size, it must. So as much as every person says they don't have a favorite child or a favorite grandchild or a favorite daughter-in-law, it turns out that's not true. The queen does have a favorite. And I'm going to make Joanne say it because I'm a little upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not upset about it because I am a big fan of her, but it is Sophie Duchess of Wessex, who is Prince Edward's wife. And yes, she is the rumored favorite. She spends a lot of time with the queen. Uh, when they go to church, she's often invited to be her companion in the car, which is, you know, a big deal. It's the equivalent of riding shotgun, you know, when you were gr growing up to be able to sit in the car with the queen. Um, she loves her company. Apparently they get on like a house on fire. Um, she really respects all of the work that Sophie has quietly done for decades now for the family. She just gets on with it. She, there's never really any scandals or issues. She's a great mother. She lives at Windsor at uh, Bagshot Park, which is um, right next to the Queen when she's in residence there. And so they see her regularly. Um, yeah, they're, they're incredibly close apparently. I guess now that I'm thinking about it, her options at that level for daughter-in-law were Diana, which she wasn't. Oh, yeah, and, one. yeah, that's <laughs> a whole other episode. And then Camilla, which nah. Nah, that's not gonna happen. Nah, and too way too much baggage, too much drama, yeah. too much baggage. And then Fergie, who is married to Andrew. Which in the beginning, she did really like Sarah and they actually got along quite well. But then, you know, there was the pictures in the paper and all the other scandals. So, so many scandals. Left. So many scandals. Again, a whole other episode. Right. Um, so I guess like, she lost favor. Edward and Sophie have really stayed out of the media. So I I'm going to clarify. Edward is not the one who is friends with Epstein. That's Andrew. <laughs> yes who I refuse to talk about on this podcast yeah. unless he goes to jail. Um, <laughs> Edward is not part of that scandal and it's his wife. Just wanted to clarify yeah. that. Cause I feel like anybody who's not Charles, they're like, Oh, the, the Epstein the friend. One. Yeah. <laughs> so I will delineate him away from that. 
Yes, he's the youngest son. You don't hear about him very often. They're very good at like keeping under the radar and just getting on with life. But they do actually do a ton of public service every single year. Um, that that's their whole job. That's what they do. Um, so Sophie is very dedicated. And actually, another cool fact about them is that their daughter, Lady Louise, uh, who's sixteen was very close to Prince Philip and he taught her how to carriage drive. And so she has been gifted his carriage in the will. Aww. So I have that to remind him by, which I think is pretty cool. That is very cool. Mm-hmm. I just love the idea of Philip with a little 16 year old <laughs> girl riding around Windsor Castle in a carriage. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to do that with their grandpa? Yeah, that's incredible talk about a princess moment right I mean I think once you have that many princess moments that they've all had they're like over it (laughs) yeah I I guess it's just like a a regular everyday afternoon right like I was just out in my carriage again yeah kind of like the queen's not an alcoholic (laughs) they're like this is not a princess moment this is just a Tuesday Tuesday (laughs) um you also told me about this adorable present that Queen Elizabeth received as a child. Yes. So when she, for her sixth birthday, the people of Wales gifted her a playhouse. Well, what we would, you know, call a playhouse growing up, but it is a real working house complete with a working kitchen and the whole bit that they put in the garden at Windsor Castle Please don't ask me to say the name in Welsh because I can't. That's <laughs> all right. The- well, we'll see if Scott will help us out with that because I'm not saying it either. <laughs> <laughs> of course I can. All right. Okay. So that is a buffin bach. That means little cottage. What a nice name, mind. It is the cutest miniature house for a six-year-old I have ever seen. It's oh. like playhouse of your dreams goals times a million so cute it's like and even as a kid even if you're a princess I don't care you would have lost your mind if you got this yes because all you want to do when you're a kid is like be an adult which spoiler alert to the only two children who I know listen to this you don't want to be an adult trust me whatever's happening to you right now is the jam (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Enjoy it. Enjoy it for as long as you possibly can. (laughs) Congratulations to myself. I just became that old person. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, like as a little kid, you remember how much you want to be an adult. And so to be gifted this house that's completely functional and to feel like you're the, you know, duchess of your own domain... (laughs) It was furnished, like not just functional, it was furnished and decorated down to like the smallest detail. It was impressive. Yeah. I mean, I think Barbie and her dream house can go sit in the corner after seeing this thing. It's incredible. People of Wales for the win for presents, right? Absolutely. Hands down they win. Yeah. Also going, apparently Charles went to his cottage in Wales. Yes, he did during this morning period which I thought was interesting yeah 
of all of the places he could go. I think that speaks volumes. Uh, some other fun facts about the queen. I thought this, I don't even understand this one, but apparently she has a private ATM. Yes. In case, I guess she wants to feel like a real person. There is um, a private ATM in Buckingham Palace. So, you know, she wants to go and take out 20 pounds. She can do that. It's crazy. Royals don't even carry cash. This feels like a continuation of the playhouse where they're like, as an adult, here's your ATM. And if you want to pay your workers in your pretend Buckingham Palace dollars, you can tip them. You can buy some cake down in the kitchen and (laughs) a champagne from your butler. Like, what is she using this money for? So apparently the only time the queen ever carries cash is when she goes to church so that she can make her donation in the basket as it's passed around. Oh. So maybe she likes to do that on Sunday mornings, like pop down to the ATM like a normal person and take out a few pounds to donate in church. And, and Isn't I'm not she the head of the church? Isn't this like a self-fulfilling <laughs> Uh, she's the head of the church but she doesn't get money from the church so but what I want to know is like the average person okay what are you putting in five bucks ten bucks I don't know it's been a while since I've gone to church and journey but you know how much is the queen putting in is she putting in a five pound note seems like a little you know off like is she putting in a hundred pounds I mean what what is what is she donating well if you want to get down to it it's actually the public's money so (laughs) judge away to be a fiver yeah. Um, I also thought it was kind of fun that you'd mentioned Princess Beatrice's dress was Queen Elizabeth's. And what I love so much about this is she actually put sleeves on it. Like her granddaughter yeah. made it more modest. Yes. I love that. Because when the queen first wore it in the 50s, I believe, it was, it was quite, you know, it was, it had straps and it was revealing for the queen and she looked fabulous and it was a real fashion moment for her and she worked her premiere and then, yeah, Beatrice got it and made it more modest, which who knew in 2020 that people would be making it more modest, but she did. She did. She yeah. Beautiful. Um, Another fun fact is the queen uh, accidentally got experimental with dog breeds. <laughs> yes. So the queen actually got her first dorgy, which is a dashhound and corgi mix, because one of her corgis got frisky with one of Prince Mar- Princess Margaret's dashhounds named Pipkin. And that's how they got their first dorgies. I mean, it makes sense that when Margaret got involved, chaos ensued. <laughs> and I love that yeah. it was Margaret's dashens that was like, I got ideas. <laughs> exactly. I got ideas. Getting frisky in the palace. She is just like the rest of us and watches TV. Yes. A lot of TV. TV that we watch is the craziest part. Right. Like, I often wondered if she watched The Crown or that sort of thing, but turns out she's a massive fan of Coronation Street. 
I don't know why I, I think love. that's so funny. She loves it. And she doesn't like to miss it. And she records it, apparently. The more I learn about the queen, the more I realize how similar my grandmother was to the queen. <laughs> yeah, they're just like us. Uh, she also likes Doctor Who and mm-hmm. Downton Abbey, but I love why she watches Downton Abbey. Well, because she's been to Highclere a ton and stayed there, which is the house that they shoot Downton Abbey in, or rather the massive palace that they shoot it in. And she likes to pick out things that they get wrong within the house, since she knows it so well. To all my writer friends out there, can I just say, wouldn't it be delightful if the queen sent you notes on your script? <laughs> it's the only notes I want from people. And I would take them all and probably frame them. I definitely would. I'd have like a whole wall devoted to her notes. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I mean, I, I something Downton is something that, you know, I watched with my gra- my grandmother, my mom and my aunt, and it's like a big thing. And when it was on, we would discuss it every single week and like talk about it and the drama and their outfits and like all of these things. And I just picture her doing the same thing with like Sophie and maybe Kate and Anne, except that what she's talking about is like, and did you see that plate? It should have been on the shelf to the left of the da 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 da, you know, like picking it apart the same way that we do. And I think that's pretty cool. I love it. I love it. Royals, they're just like us. Just like us. Um, and I also, I never thought about the queen being out of the public eye, but it turns out she had a year abroad. It wasn't a year, um, a summer. It was a little bit more than a year actually, but, um, when they first got married, Philip was still allowed to be in the Navy and he was stationed in Malta. So they lived there and she got to live like a real person she got to go to the grocery store and make him dinner and she didn't have to be under lock and key all of the time and she was still a princess so she didn't have all of the rules and constraints that she had as queen and apparently it was the happiest period of her life just being a normal naval officer's wife which I think is really cool that is really cool and it it so echoes when Kate and William first got married they had their little cottage while he was working in RAF and it was the same thing. The only thing you heard about was her going to the grocery store and making dinners. And I love that they also had that little time period away. Yes. Which is also why they were, I don't want to say allowed, but why the queen was very supportive of the idea of him continuing to work and the two of them going off and living basically on the base. And having that time because it was so key for her and Philip before everything, of course, changed for them rather abruptly. But yeah, you know, William will one have to, will have to do that at some point. So I think that's pretty cool. That is so nice. You can see what was so important to the Queen because she allows others to do it, and it's changed how she's um, kind of ruled. Yeah, which is. Leads into another fun fact is certain things have happened to the queen and royal rules have changed. So it's well known that all royals have to travel with a set of black clothing in case they have to go to an impromptu funeral. And that is because 
Queen Elizabeth ended up in that predicament when her father passed away. Um, but I didn't know that a couple of rules around royal weddings changed because of Queen Elizabeth's special day going slightly awry. <laughs> yes. So the first one was that her bouquet went missing. So she walked down the aisle, everything was fine, whatever. They went to take the pictures. Nobody could find the bouquet. Someone had, you know, I guess taking it as a souvenir. So that was a whole situation. So they actually had to go back and redo her wedding photos like two or three days after the wedding because they had to produce another bouquet. The other issue was that on her wedding day, her tiara snapped while they were getting ready. Talk about panic mode. Yeah. Um, so the queen mom basically said, we have other tiaras, pick one. And so now there's backups. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. I a mean, backup you- bouquet, backup tiaras. So I just mm-hmm. love like <laughs> Elizabeth encounters a problem and she's like, all right, we're fixing this for the whole family. Yeah. It's not just so a going thing. forward. Yeah. Now there is always there are backup bouquets that are made specifically now that you do use them for photos and things like that but they always have a a backup at the ready just in case right and you mentioned this year she got puppies for her birthday she did get puppies for her birthday and she had said before that when the last one passed that that was enough she wasn't going to get any more but with philip being sick and in hospital and things like that she did get new puppies and they are very cute and I think probably a blessing in disguise right now. A comfort in these darker times. Joanne, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Marla. It's always so much fun. The Buffenbach. Buffenbach. Is that kind of it? Um, a Buffenbach. Oh God, now I'm nervous. Uh, a Buffenbach. I'm not saying it right. You need to nail it. You can't be too harsh on the. It's got to be. It's got to be light, but it's also. Yes, it's got to be a Buffenbach. Not like a German, a Buffenbach. Maybe too hardcore. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I heard you say it, and I thought, this is going to be so easy. So easy. I can do this. But it's hard when you're trying. Yeah, I don't know. Give it a practice. I don't know, Scott. Well, that's the show. I failed at Welsh, but hopefully you learned something about Lizzie. And until next week, stay royal.